I don't like cellars. Let's just close it up. It's probably just some animal. An animal? An animal? <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Jesus Christ. What a stupid bitch. Well, well then maybe it was the wind. The wind? We're inside. <laughs> I thought what you said before was stupid, but now that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What a stupid bitch. Five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. Not possessing. Is it possessing? It is possessing. Mm -hmm. Flesh-possessing. That's a weird way to say it. It's evil dead. <laughs> One? It's evil dead. <laughs> This week on Action Action, Evil Dead. we watched Evil Dead. Play the music. guys welcome back to action action episode 150 it's our what's the different what's between a centennial and a bicentennial fuck you got a, me bicentennial okay bicentennial man so it's episode 150 of boom we action, made it action podcast um Holy i am shit, john this is it, right we're calling it quits after this, this is actually our last episode <laughs> sorry oh, we can give it to andy We'll sell Andy, it to him for a dollar. And he can take over. He'd buy that for a dollar. Andy, and then maybe he'll get Dan on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what if it's just Andy talking to himself? Well, it, I'd listen. No, uh, no. So anyway. He'd probably be like, hey, James, what do you think? Oh, uh, yeah. And then he'd try and do everyone's voice. Imitate each person. Well, he'd probably nail it, too. Probably. I'm John. That was James. Hey. This is Dustin. Hello. This week on the podcast, we watched 1981's Evil Dead. Not the, ev evil dead. The, the Evil Dead, not The Evil Dead 2. As I accidentally wrote on the board. Which, I mean, which just we should have like, watched. Subconsciously, I just want to move on to the next I think one. everybody wants yeah. to watch Evil Dead 2 more than Evil Dead 1. Well, we did this one, though, because this was the this was the crowd pick. This, this was, the, was crowd the crowd pick. pick. This was the crowd pick because James put this up. He could have put Evil Dead 2 up. No, no. He, no. he took suggestions. And then, ah, it, and then they got, yeah. know, it got voted down to, to this one. So no one suggested Evil Dead 2. Fucking idiot. Yeah, this <laughs> this actually was suggested by a guy I work with. What did it come oh, down to? Callies. It was between Evil Dead 2 and... Sorry, Evil Dead and... <laughs> um, was it uh, Nightmare... Nightmare on Elm Street 3, I think? 3? Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Dream, dream, dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. So yeah. before we get into Sam Raimi's classic, is there anything that you guys want to talk about? There always is. Dustin? No, you got to start with James. Remember last time? <laughs> okay, James. <laughs> a big um, I started watching The Watchmen. Uh, so you're the one that's watching The Watchmen. I'm watching The Watchmen. Yeah, you know, I'm working my way through. That's about it. Is it starting to make any sense at all yet? Uh, I can kind of see where they're starting to go okay. with it. There's still a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Can I speak for you, Dustin? Would you consider this to be one of the best TV shows uh, ever? Best single season uh, in a while, quite a while. Well, Lindelof has now said that it would be a slight against the show to make a second season. Oh, good. Because of my feeling was 
please don't make any more because it ends perfectly. Yeah. So he's come out, I think, and Mm. said, like, I don't think you should do this ever again. I think I would be. I I don't think I would watch anymore if they made more of it. I would. I'm sick. (laughs) It's it sucks. Like when you like I. James, what do you what do you think of the show? Like, I know that Dustin and I love it. So, well, I feel like they kind of ask a lot out of the audience to stick through. Yeah, that's fair. This far, because honestly, I would not have continued without you guys constantly saying it's the best show, <laughs> and it, there's a payoff in the end. So, yeah, I probably would have stopped. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't give you a lot, even if you. Even if you're like familiar with the, the graphic novel and stuff like that, the comic book, and uh, or you know somebody, you know people might have watched the movie, uh, the Zack Snyder's movie, and then watch this and still be like, what, you know, what the fuck is? Yeah, happening? and the movie, the show doesn't. Sorry, the show does not answer all the questions that mm-hmm. it it raises, like at all. Right. I don't know. I mean, uh, there is some stuff for sure, but who's the who's the who like slides into the sewer? Yeah, but that really feels. Inconsequential to it, me, <laughs> but it doesn't. But in a in a show context, like those yeah. are big questions. But some of that stuff is, yeah, they have like little supplemental stuff you can read about or whatever. Yeah. But I didn't right. bother reading about it because it didn't matter to me. Yeah. So yeah. So you're. So I'm working my way. You're still there. on the fence. Well, I mean, I haven't got to the end where the payoff is, so I'm getting there. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun when you get there, James. And then I'm gonna be like. Pfft. I don't get it. Probably. <laughs> like, thanks for making me watch that, you fucking yeah. assholes. <laughs> Can I have my time back? I listened to the new Reply All episode, mm-hmm. uh, which was actually the second episode of a new podcast called Resistance. Um, the summation of it is uh, uh, Facebook with an impossible choice. One man goes live on Instagram. Um, Sadu Tejan Thomas Jr. shares a story from his new podcast, Resistance. And it's it's really kind of gripping episode. I know, James, I know you listened to this. Yeah. And did you know the story before you listened? No. So I knew the story before oh, okay. this. Um, but it's about a guy in New York who is a part of a um, Black Lives Matter group who's protesting. And uh, at 7 o'clock in the morning one day, he gets a knock on the door from the police saying they have a warrant. No, they don't have a warrant. No, they say they have a warrant. No, they say the first uh, very, the first thing they say is they have a warrant, and they says, let "Oh me, yeah, let me see the warrant." Let me see the warrant, right? And they never show it to him because they don't have a warrant. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a really, it's a really kind of gripping, interesting story. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I check it out. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I really like that a lot. And the other podcast I'm listening to like constantly is the Big Story. If you're if you're Canadian, I'd listen to it. It's so the, fucking good. The Big Story. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah, it's called the Big Story. It's a it's put on by Frequency. Uh, by Frequency, it's a Canadian daily podcast where it's kind of like the Daily from the New York Times. Yeah. But it uh, it's Canadian. I'll have to listen it's to better. it. It's better. So it, do they talk about politics? Talk about everything or everything. Uh, okay. So the episode yesterday was about um, COVID nineteen and why in Ontario they're getting mixed signals between not getting together. Sorry, not trick or treating. Why you can't trick or treat, but you can go to school, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like okay. why it's okay to wear a mask outside 
and be separate outside and all that kind of stuff. But like, why shouldn't you be able to trick or treat then? But mm-hmm. then it goes into like what COVID-19 is and like how much more they know now mm-hmm. than they did in January. It's really interesting. And mm-hmm. I don't know. They just talk about like just random, random stuff. The episode today was about um, an experiment that was done at UBC where they gave homeless people like seven grand, $7,500. And like what that did for them over the course of a year. Oh, okay. And like how like in three months of giving them $7,500, they'd already saved the government over a thousand dollars. Yeah. Kind of dry, but it's, it's, it's really interesting. Just kind of an interesting podcast. Dustin's like, I don't care about this. Can we talk about <laughs> Japanese horror movies for a tick? Uh, and the other thing I watched is John Bronco. Have you guys heard about this? No. Guys heard about no. this? You missed it. You heard of this? Guys heard about this? Uh, it's a little thing starring um, Walton Goggins. Oh, yeah? The unbelievable story of the rise, fall, and ultimate redemption and legendary pitch of legendary pitchman for the Ford Bronco. So it's uh, start Walton Goggins as like a pitchman for the Ford Bronco okay. in the 70s. And mm-hmm. he like what happens to him and like it's made by the same guys who made uh, there's like a HBO mockumentary about tennis. The, oh, about the lo- the longest match. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that Sandberg and those guys? Yeah. Those guys were involved in it. Seven Days in Hell is the tennis one. Yeah. Uh, let's Dustin, see. your pick. Well, I got something else that James watched, but we watched it together last weekend. We went to see yeah Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street drive-in. That was a good time. First time seeing it. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, how did you feel at the end? Tired. <laughs> we did go to see it at eleven o'clock. At yeah, night. yeah. Uh, so uh, late start. Yeah, I mean, it was goofy. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't realize it was more slapstick, which. Hey, up yours with a twirling lawnmower. I don't think at the time people thought of it as being that way. No. I mean... Was there this song? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, ch- Freddie's chasing him around. But, I mean, it, it's pretty funny for, like, an 80s yeah, there's, horror movie. Yeah, there's good funny bits. You know, like, the part where his tongue comes out of the phone and like oh yeah and licks her face there's a lot more of that kind of stuff in the in the sequels yeah i can't wait to watch the sequels and i have never actually said so the only time i've sat down and watched a freddy krueger movie and i uh would be i watched the first one on like halloween when i was like 15 yeah i watched it i had like a like a box so i could watch like super channel oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, the Super Channel box. It wasn't the actual box. I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. It was actually a antenna, right? Where I could push a button that would move like an antenna inside this box, so it would make it black. It would be black and white, but it would be clear. So weird. It's super weird. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a different I, time, kids. I, I broke this. <sighs> kind of broke the algorithm. Yeah, I was pretty proud of myself. Um, <laughs> But I've never actually watched the movie. I have never watched a single. Yeah, I've never seen any. They're of fun them. movies, especially like effects wise. Like, like the first one was definitely trying to strike a more serious tone. It didn't necessarily come off that way for James watching it for the first time. No, I mean it's now, pretty hilarious. Uh, they get kind of more comedic as they go on, but they also get more gory, more way more elaborate like special effects. So James, which is how you should always go. 
I just don't think they had the money for it on the first one. Right. Uh, I watched this movie, though, called uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely not. Oh, it's new. <laughs> I thought you might have heard of it. it. It is. I think you actually would really like it, John. Oh, shit. I know this movie. <laughs> it's uh, written and directed by this guy, Jim Cummings, who also stars in it. He's only made one other movie before this uh, called Thunder Road, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm going to watch it now. Okay, yeah. It. So I absolutely 100% know this movie. It has Ricky Lindholm in it. Yeah. Uh, Robert. For- it's Robert Forster's last role, actually. Yeah. I didn't realize it had come out yet. I want to see this movie so bad. Yeah, I think you like it a lot. Uh, it's sort of a werewolf movie, but it's like a comedy. Uh, it's also a drama and a horror movie, like all at the same time. So this guy, Jim Cummings, he plays like a uh, sheriff's deputy. He's, they're trying to figure out who's killing these women, uh, mutilating them, taking parts of them. They, there's people who think it's a werewolf. Um, but they're trying to figure it out and he's like uh, an alcoholic with like serious rage issues but is like plays it in such a funny way I can't really explain it Um, but so it comes off like kind of a quirky indie comedy but is also like a horror movie at the same time so I actually really enjoyed it Uh, definitely have to go back and watch his first movie because he also stars in that so he has a very interesting I don't know just a very interesting screen presence so Ah uh, yeah, so I heard about this movie like a month or two ago, and I watched the trailer, and I was so in on it. I think he plays like a similar character. I've heard that that he, he plays a similar character in his first in his movie. first movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought this movie looked, I thought it looked really good, like really funny. Like yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I think John would like this quite a bit. So yeah, I don't like comedy. <laughs> No, I just meant specifically it was like a John style of humor, I thought. Right. So Super not, serious. Not for you, James. Don't watch it. Very funny. Don't watch it. Very pro- <laughs> very progressive. Oh, right. I didn't mean that either. I'm joking. <laughs> what did you mean? I meant, uh, you know, it's tough. R- so let's move on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Speaking of movies that are made and they're the thing that's the first, but not the first, the second Wow. What? This is the flawless segue <laughs> into talking about this movie. It's Evil Dead, 1981, directed by Sam Raimi. Sure is. What's Sam? Him? Let's watch a trailer. Oh, yeah. Roll the trailer, James. I have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me. <laughs> She's your girlfriend. You take care of her. Okay. So, Evil Dead. This is the fan pick. This is Instagram. This is Instagram. The Instagram pick of the month. This is our, our, to to, to cap off Spooktober. Yeah, it's the last one. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't want you read the... Yeah, Evil Dead, 1981. Well, the Evil Dead. This is a pretty fun choice, I think, for the fans to make. I am kind of surprised that 
that this got put up instead of Evil Dead 2. Although Evil Dead 2 is definitely more of a comedy. Right. I think there's an, a chance that that whoever put it up was thinking of Evil Dead 2. No, I'm not necessarily. I I'm mean, not saying necessarily. I'm thinking there's a there's a chance. Well, I mean, he this, meant he meant this one. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you know. Because I know. You, know, oh, you know this guy. I know this guy. This son of a bitch. This gringo. This fucking gringo. <laughs> this gringo fuck. Yeah, the cucumber we call him. Oh, <laughs> oh everybody's got a name. A cucumber. A cucumber. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a still a very popular movie amongst horror fans. Like, and and cut sort of a path in a way, like as an indie movie. Right. Did a lot of things that uh, no one had done before. Mm-hmm. You guys, I assume, have both seen this. Yeah, so I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I can't, I'm surprised that James has seen this, to be honest. Thinking back, well, I think I watched it with Dustin, to be Did honest you? with you. But thinking back, I couldn't remember, because i seen the second one. I remember watching that with you, too, Dustin. Yeah, we watched it. The second one is kind of uh, the beginning part. They kind of, like, really quickly recap the first things in the first one to kind of like I guess it had to do the reason why they did that is because the studio wouldn't give them the rights or something to uh yeah they had it was like a weird thing where it was somebody sold like the rights but then then they decided they were going to make a sequel he kept the rights to all the characters right and stuff it's a weird anyway yeah anyway so yeah I, I remember seeing it I haven't seen it in a long time so yeah. It was um, like watching it for the first time. I was kind of expecting like, oh, where's this part and where's this part? But that's all from the second one. Yeah. And well, it's weird because they're basically, they're sort of the same movie, right? Except yeah. obviously there's different things that happen in the second one, but it's the exact same like setup. A handful of friends go to a cabin. They find the book of the dead. They read from it and yeah. then demonic shit starts happening. Yeah. But the second one obviously had more. They had more money to do stuff, and also they went in a comedic direction. With yeah, it. they definitely like leaned to the camp in the second movie. Yeah, this movie again, sort of like we were just talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, was meant to be serious. It wasn't meant to be funny. Yeah, so I I'm an Army of Darkness first guy, yeah. and then an Evil Dead two. And yeah, you went backwards, and then an e- and I then I believe I also would do yeah, that. and then the. E- the Evil Dead. Because when I was a kid, I definitely remember renting Army of Darkness, not having any idea that it was connected to anything else. Right. Uh, just the cover alone was like, oh, gotta, this looks fun, and renting it. Yeah. Um, not realizing that it was connected to these other movies. And then I don't think I actually watched Evil Dead 2 until I was probably like 18 or something like that. And then, yeah, and then eventually then went, then went and saw the first one. So, yeah, definitely did it backwards. When you talk Evil Dead, I... Th- well, now I think about the show as well, but uh, I usually think of Evil Dead too. I think and most the campiness. Yeah, I think most people actually think about Army of Darkness. Personally, so. as soon as you say Evil Dead, I think it automatically jumps to Army of Darkness. I don't really, know. I don't think so. Yeah, to in, to me, I'm just I I, I could be completely wrong, but right. I, I know that that is like probably the biggest. Well, that was the one that would have had a, probably the largest mainstream reach, but. Because also it wasn't rated R and stuff, so it would have more kids. Like, I rented it, right, when I was a kid. Right. But I think if you're talking within the horror circles, Evil Dead 2 is the one. Like, it's it's so ridiculous and entertaining and right. hilarious. and all of that. But this first one is really interesting to watch because it's like, it's like the rough draft, you know, almost. Yeah. 
Um, so they hit a lot of the same beats, a lot like the same story beats happen. Uh, you see the original use of the camera, the way that Raimi moves the camera and stuff, mm-hmm. which was more like out of necessity than because <laughs> they didn't have, they couldn't afford a dolly. So like, yeah, there was a lot of rigging it up with two by fours and whatnot. Right, and then just running <laughs> through the woods with it. Yeah. And, stuff. and, and but, they did a lot of crazy shit yeah. that you do not do. Right. <laughs> Filming a movie. Yeah. Exactly. Like firing off live ammo. Yeah. Live ammunition for certain <laughs> scenes. Um, and just the whole filming process was like a hellish yeah. <laughs> nightmare because it was like apparently uh, freezing temperatures. And uh, it's kind of amazing that it actually got finished. Yeah. Because of what they had to do and the cabin that they were going to film in fell through. So then they ended up finding this one, which ended up being like, like it's an actual abandoned cabin. That yeah. They filmed it in. Which is like was full of uh, cow shit that they had to shovel out, and <laughs> oh, and then wow. they stayed in it while they were and filming. Then, yeah, <laughs> uh, and so there was no cellar, so they dug like a four foot hole to like. It feels like twenty three year olds making a movie, which is what it is. I yeah. think Sam Raimi was twenty actually, um, but that's but it's just crazy. Like you, yeah, like you're saying, you could never do most of this now. So it's kind of in a way, I mean, it's it's better in terms of people being safe and healthy. Right. But in a way, you, you lose this, like, I don't know, like, cowboy shit of just, like, going out and making something happen. Well, there's this real DIY, like, zine kind of, like, I don't know, our generation of, like, like early millennial type, like, doing-it-yourself type thing. But this was done, obviously, like, before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was a year before I was born. It came out, so it was probably filmed in 1980. Yes. Uh, so, but yeah, it's just it's just fun to watch because Raimi obviously had was crazy crazy creative with how he filmed the movie. Yeah, and it really makes the movie into something. Like, gives it all this. Uh, there's atmosphere during certain like outside scenes. There's you know, this feeling of this evil force that like is moving through the woods. Like that's actually legitimately creepy stuff. Yeah. And, you, and then you think about something like the happening made by M night Shyamalan all these years later, where it's also like an invisible force. And there's like, it's just like laughably bad. But I remember got- seeing the happening. I was like pretty fucking drunk. <laughs> the happening. I don't remember in the movie theater. It. I remember just being like, kind of like drunk. I don't remember the movie that much. I just remember Hating it. it was, it's terrible. I hated every it's, single it's thing about it. Bad, it was but, like nature versus Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. But it's just funny to think about. Like, he had all the technology, he had all this money, but it, you know, he's trying to do the same sort of thing. Not, it's not about demons, but like have an invisible evil force or, or not evil, but malevolent, uh, chasing people. Mm-hmm. And it's totally ineffective. But I think, pretty amazing to look at what Raimi could do in this movie. He is definitely a person with, I believe a singular vision, like on a tour, I would say like at the, this kicks him off into a tour where he has a very specific vision that he has in his mind and he puts that like on film. Yeah. And it comes through, I think probably, I, I don't know. I've, I haven't done like a deep dive into this, but I'm not saying exactly what he way he wanted, but in a way that made him 
obviously the Sam Raimi that he is now, which is a fucking juggernaut. Yeah, I mean, it's so distinct that um, not only was did people find it to be super entertaining to watch, but I think a lot of other young filmmakers were like, oh, shit, like they could do this with like nothing, no money, and just like running around in the woods and make something uh, this good. Like, uh, maybe I can do this. And like, so I think it actually has a huge impact in terms of influence as well. Yeah. So it was uh, Sam Raimi, uh, Bruce Campbell, and then the one producer. Yeah. Um, the I don't know what his name is. But the three of them, they're like friends, and they would always go to these horror shows, and they always thought that uh, these movies like pulled punches and didn't show enough yeah. gore. Yeah, Rob- Robert Tappert, by the way, is the other producer yeah yeah so they wouldn't go far enough so they wanted to make a movie that kind of had everything that they were looking for yeah and and we've talked about this too with in terms of the mpa uh censoring stuff or you know sending stuff back to get cut again and again yeah so this had an nc-17 rating didn't it yeah it did but that's not how they ended up releasing it they decided to release it unrated unrated um did movie sorry did uh theaters show it yeah um not not all theaters like i guess it's it would have been up to that's a that's the devil's handshake that a lot of theaters have with the mpaa Mm -hmm. where they have to have a movie rated by them to show a movie yeah and i'm not sure exactly how all those rules worked in 81 but they did release this as an unrated movie but so it wasn't they had some weird deal with whatever uh whatever uh distributor picked it up ended up picking it up from them had some sort of weird clause where they didn't have to go through the MPAA and that's how they were able to release it unrated. Yeah. I mean, as, a, as an aside, like I think that we all agree that to a soapboxy here, but like the MPAA needs to just like, Oh, they can suck they, a fuck. They can, <laughs> there, there should not be such a thing they as can, the MPAA. They can eat a dicks. Like I think that movie theaters, sorry, uh, they should independently rate movies if they want to rate them at all. But it should yeah. be done independently. The funny thing is, is so partway through the movie, the blood turns to green. There's some green There's blood. Some green. We get some milky yeah. discharges. So, so they said, <laughs> so a reason why they they changed the like, part of it is green is they thought it would be. It'd save them from getting an X-ray. Yeah, yeah. Which it didn't. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even watching this last night, 81. This is very gory for that time. Yeah, and uh, you know, in Britain they had the whole thing. In the UK, the video nasties yeah. they called them, yeah. and this was like the top of the, the oh, charts yeah. for that, where they just they would get all these movies pulled. So then it created like a black market for video right. tapes of all these types of yeah, horror movies. Canada has never really been that high, like on like yeah, kick, like, on like not allowing films in. We have. I know that Canada definitely has banned certain certain films, mm-hmm. um, but we've been pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're usually we're pretty not progressive. Usually too uptight about that stuff, but a lot of countries. Yeah, you you Australia. couldn't have to, Germany was oh, yeah. Germany. It took until 2016 
for the unrated version to be allowed to be holy distributed. Yeah, but that might have been just some kind of clerical shit. No, no, they they brought it back to them again and again. Really, uh, and it was like an ongoing thing for years where. The Germans were, would not allow this. They're like extra strict there uh, about stuff. Like, um, you know, like the band Cannibal Corpse, for example, have certain songs they're not allowed to perform in Germany and stuff like anal that. Anal Cunt. Anal, anal Cunt is another band, yeah. Um, so, but anyway, the point is this was definitely like a very controversial movie at the time. Um, and you can see why. Like, you, you compare it to other early 80s horror movies that you can w- go back and watch. Uh, I don't know if you want to watch like Friday the 13th or something or Halloween. Uh, oh, yeah. This is like night this is, and day. This different. is way more gory yeah. than oh, those movies. Oh, definitely. <laughs> the awesome thing about like all the gore and the special effects is, I mean, watching it now, it's like, oh, yeah, I can totally see what they're doing here. I can see they're, you know, like that's a dummy. I can see mm-hmm. you can kind of pick out all the things because it is so low budget, but it actually doesn't take away from the movie at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's charming as hell. <laughs> I think it actually, like, to me, it it almost, I appreciate it more. Yeah. Oh, I like, agree. the effort oh, and yeah. what they went through. Yeah, with, when like, really with very little, and, like, Bruce Campbell put his fucking family's farm property, uh... Oh, really? Up so that he could finish, like, financing the fucking movie and stuff? Yeah, I love Bruce Campbell. What a dude. You know what? (laughs) I tell you, the physical acting he does, like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like, Bruce Campbell's a special guy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Would this be that, like, as good if you didn't have him? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think so. He's like, you know, he's the anchor that holds this all together. And yeah. it's funny even in this, because like, he, you know, these weren't, uh, well, actually a couple of these were, had done some professional acting. But for the most part, these are just like, let's make a movie. Let's do yeah. this. And Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi went to high school together. They shot a bunch of like short movies together. Uh, and their uh, Sam's brother, Ted, as well. And so then they were like, well, Bruce is going to be the actor because he's the handsome one <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Uh and so it's just funny to watch, go back and watch this early, even in, even in this movie, like you're saying, like he's doing stuff where you're like this, you want to watch him. You want to yeah. see what he's going to do and like his facial expressions. And totally. of course he takes that to like a whole other level in the second movie. Well, and that, but that's the nice thing about seeing him. Cause you see him evolve and just lean so hard into the comedic aspect yeah. And I just love it. Like it carries all the way through into the show even. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and it's, but I do feel like he's a little different in this movie in terms of, well, obviously he's more subdued, but he's also a bit of a different character. Like he's a sort of a nice guy in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I would say he's not as, he's not smarmy. Yeah. He's not, he's not so like cocksure. Like, no, in this, I think he's trying to kind of play the straight guy, like mm-hmm. the straight man. Yeah. Like, and it, it is definitely different, but I think that all three of us, we're all completely charmed by him. For sure. As an actor, as, yeah. a, as a person, like he just, he just seems like a great, he seems like a great guy. I love everything he does and how like he is like stuck to this is his character. He's almost like a weird owl type where it's just like, this is who I am and I'm just going to lean into that so hard. Well, he must right. be really tired of doing this. 
at some point. Or I he's he's he, he might seem like it. There might be the the thing where he's just actually truly like just like grateful and happy. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. I I see him more as like that style type yeah, of a person so. where he's like truly like he seems truly grateful and happy to have the opportunities he's been given and is just like yeah this is what I'm going to do this is my job and I mean I, I've never heard a negative story about the guy everyone's experiences with like meeting him at conventions and stuff is always that he's just like the greatest dude yeah and you know reading some of the the trivia or the facts about the movie like I really didn't I kind of had in the back of my mind like how how much I like this guy and and how great he is. I'm just like I just hope to God there's not <laughs> some shit about how he you know whatever like he's actually racist yeah. or something. Yeah, shit. It, I think it comes down to the same thing where it's like I never want to meet him. Like that's not my like, that's not my thing. I never want to meet anyone like <laughs> ever. <laughs> I just I just hope that he is a guy that is happy. I hope that he is a, a kind person, and I hope that he, uh, he hasn't raped that's anybody. That seems to be everyone's uh, feelings about. Have you? Have you guys? He's written a couple of books. Uh, I've only read the first one, which is his like autobiography. Uh, if chins could kill, Confession, <laughs> confessions of a B movie actor. No, I haven't read that. Uh, it's just a great. Uh, I don't know. It's just really fun and just great stories and really gives you more of the feeling of who he is and stuff oh yeah cool which i do think is what john is saying like he's a guy who's very grateful for what he's been able to do yeah yeah did you ever see the show burn notice uh no but i do remember that i have seen episodes of that show and Mm -hmm. it just it was keeps going with that like i don't know he's one of the it feels one like he's one guys. of the good ones. <laughs> Something like that. It seems like it. Yeah. Do you know what? Like, and like, I hear so much shitty shit about actors. Like, even just living in BC, sometimes you just hear about like, it's not crazy to run into somebody in the film industry, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, these people fucking suck. <laughs> like, like you don't understand how like the crew of like that arch the arch Riverdale. Like, you don't mm-hmm. understand what they're like. But it's like I've never heard anything bad about him. Yeah, no, I've never. And I've been following him for years and years. So let's get back to talking a little bit about the movie itself. Uh, let's talk about, <laughs> no, of course, of course, of course. We get the the friggin' Necronomicon, which even in this movie looks pretty great. The pages, it, the drawings. Yeah. yeah, it looks fucking cool. Like it's it's so good. Like they're he's definitely like Sam Raimi. It's like definitely on like this like he has like what we said earlier this vision but like he knows exactly what he's doing and he's created this really great mythology yeah like he's even able to get good props going at this early stage like they've got the dagger the kandarian dagger and yeah. the and the book and stuff looking good oh yes and speaking of the book i guess he he actually wanted to call it uh, yeah the book of the, the dead book of the dead and the producer was like no, because people don't like reading. So yeah, it's going to turn it. people off. Oh, really? So we changed, they changed it to the Evil Dead, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that would have made a difference or not, but... Uh, that's, still, that's pretty funny, though. Yeah. Was like, no, people don't read. You know what's crazy is that like when I talk about beer names like at work, like I talk about the exact same thing. Like, no. sim- like similar stuff where it's like, no, like that would turn people off. I don't know why, for, yeah, but, just but I, for certain, but I feel like it would instinctual reasons. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, all that stuff's fun. I mean, I think the makeup is pretty damn good. Like when they start 
the different characters start turning into demons and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so towards the end, a lot of those characters yeah, different people. are other people. <laughs> right. Because once they had fin- or thought they finished shooting, uh, most of the actors took off and, le- and left. And yeah. then they're like, oh, we actually looked at the footage, need a whole <laughs> bunch more stuff. So they just cut. Yeah. I think Ted Raimi is in some of them is dressed up but whatever is different characters and stuff uh uh but other and there's more to going back to the bruce campbell goodness is that he he was so invested in the mo- making of the movie that he was like if he's not being if he wasn't shooting he was running around yeah he was like helping out doing, set up and doing all the shit to like he's just a good guy <laughs> i love this guy <laughs> this guy fucking rules yeah <laughs> nate Fillion is, is to me he's in that same group of 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 uh bruce campbell there's something similar about like them. there's something similar about them. They just seem like solid guys, Although, right? Uh, I think the his his co-star from uh, Castle mm. might disagree with you. Apparently, she, apparently they did not get along. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Edmonton Edmonton Zone Nate Fillion. Yeah, like he he seems like a solid guy. Like like a good person. Seems like it. Yeah. And I, I but feel there's, they, a, there's something personality-wise that that is a little bit similar about the two of them. I feel like yeah, and it's also the way they pop up in pop culture and like they're like willing to do these independent things, these smaller things. Like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I see. A, I think you can draw a connection there. The 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 first chick that becomes a demon, Cheryl, Ellen Sandways, um, when they lock her in the basement and they've got the you know there's the cellar door. Thing. Well, okay, but first. It's like, oh, I hear a noise. I'm going to walk into the woods. (laughs) Right. Now, Mother always said that whenever you hear a strange, frightening, and potentially life-threatening ghostly chant coming from the dark woods, that there's only one thing that you should do. Not wake the others and go investigate it alone. And And this is the one scene I think you could cut from this movie. And get assaulted by a tree. Yeah, more than assaulted. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do think the it, the effect is cool of the vines like wrapping her up and stuff. Not sure we need the the, the, the rape part of it. The, yeah, but uh, I think that really brings it home though. For, it's, <laughs> it's almost you know, I think this is one of those things where it's like forty years ago. Yes, you're, they're twenty years old. They're like, what's what's an extreme thing that we can put in the movie? Well, right? Sam Raimi has said he wishes he didn't have that. Yeah, like yeah, I think that this is like, what I'm saying is it's not an excuse to say it's 40 years old. No, it's just that it's, the thinking was different. Thinking was different, and like, but also if you're 20 years old running around in the woods making a horror movie, and you're like, we're gonna make this as extreme as possible, we would have said the exact same thing. Yeah, there's a good chance. Ten years ago, <laughs> like you were honestly yesterday, <laughs> fucking yesterday. What yeah. I'm saying is, is that like we, as uh, a lot of times as men, have had a lot to learn. And a lot to understand about these kind of things. So, like, you know, it makes sense that he says that he wants to cut it out. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of embarrassment there. But, you know, every, you know. Well, that's why in Evil Dead 2, they didn't do. Yeah, they didn't recreate that scene or anything. But they did, you know, you do get a a repeat of some of these scenes. Like, uh, later when he's burying, I think it's Linda. uh, Does he say, I'm burying you? What are you doing? I'm burying you. You're waking the neighbors. No, Shut up. no that's from Step Brothers. Oh, no, <laughs> he's burying her, and then uh, or he he takes her to the shed first, and he's gonna he's gonna chainsaw her to, like up into pieces. Yeah, and then he decides not to, and then then she comes out of the grave, and he ends up chopping her head off. Um, so you get that scene again in the second movie, 
but in the in the second movie he does uh he like <laughs> he like puts her in a vice or whatever her head and yeah stuff, her and head like, he does end up chainsawing her up in that one so <laughs> it's great <laughs> it's great <laughs> it is great yeah so who's the first one that gets possessed. I believe Cheryl is the first one to get possessed, yeah. Okay, so Cheryl goes in. She wants the ride back to town from right. from Ash. Yeah. They go out and the bridge is so, gone. And- so they lock her in the cellar. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene, the whole, everything with the cellar, with the, the chains on the the door or the hatch and like. You get the demon POV shots too from out of the cellar door. Yeah. Like, I think all that stuff. Like, he's just, I don't know, he's just thinking of cool things to do with the camera like all the time yeah yeah i think that's what's what's so great about this movie is that i feel like i'm watching things being done for the first time like point of view shots or like this other this other angle that's not done um i love like we we talked earlier about like like the the really fast shots like of the the being the presence, yeah. the presence <laughs> like through the forest mm-hmm. where it feels like you're through the f- mist and all. Yeah. That. You're like, you, you honestly feel like you're like a, like, like a, a spirit that's just Zipping. flying. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's iconic. Absolutely. Like that's iconic. And like it, it had never, I don't remember it being, that's not to say it hasn't been done before. I'm sure somebody, well, well the opening shot, he's they're going across the pond. Like, yeah. Super fast. Like, I'm sure that somebody possibly had done it before, but nobody had done it to this. This is what broke it through. Yeah. Right? I, I don't think anyone had done it in this way. No. I like, there's always this thing where the person who does it the best for the first time gets the credit. Where like right. some guys like right. I, did I did this that in, in my shitty movie that no one saw. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did this in '68. Yeah, and like I'm sure that Raimi like learned this from watching something else, but like he, a lot of it feels like. I mean, I think to a lot of people it felt like invention, because I, I don't know if it, no one had done it before, but just at this time people sat down and watched this and were like, "Holy shit!" Like. This I've never seen in somebody shoot something. Possibly like this. no one had done it as well, and even if somebody had done it as well, no one had done it as well as a as a complete group mm-hmm. and put it together this way that allowed an audience to right. Because it's see not it. like everything he's doing is new. Like he's using like a lot of Dutch angles and stuff, and that's not anything new. But then, because it's incorporated in with all this other camera work that he's doing, it just gives the whole picture a very dynamic feeling in terms of how the camera is moving, what we're looking at, how we're looking at it through the whole movie, which makes it extremely watchable. Whereas a lot of other people with this budget made shitty horror movies that are just shitty, shitty horror movies. Well, and yeah. it, it, this is one of those things where it felt like somebody had put their entire heart and soul into it. And when you feel that like it feels personal. Yeah. Like, this movie feels personal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, I mean, they're completely different movies, different style and everything, but like Bangkok dangerous. When the nightmare becomes real, you don't hesitate. You don't think you just run. <laughs> how did you know? How did you know he was going to bring up Bangkok dangerous starring Nicholas Cage? No, but like clerks, like yeah. Clerks, like Kevin Smith put oh. everything into Clerks. Right. Very yeah, yeah. different type That's of movie. Very yeah. different type of movie. But like he put everything in and the stuff he was doing was different. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, and it was built on the backs of like people who came before him, yeah. right? It was built on the back of like Slacker and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But it did feel completely like refreshing mm-hmm. yeah. when it came out. So uh, we've seen all these movies, these horror movies. We don't think they go far enough. We think we can, we want to try something different or go further. Let's let's try and make a horror movie and let's try and... So can I ask a question about this then? So like, what do you think someone would have to do now to have that same feeling? You have to go back... I think you have to go back to this style, back to practical effects, back Gor- to gorilla. gorilla style filming. Mm. That is, I think, the only way. One, that's the only, like, financially the only way. I mean, you can get, I, I think you can get equipment for a reasonable price that is so good quality-wise mm-hmm. that you you can't film this kind of stuff because the quality is so good like everyone can get those the the contraptions where it makes like your camera's not shaky and right. all this stuff right? the equipment now is what people yeah. have available to them is insane yeah it's like insane so but i i don't know i just feel like if you had if you went back to these tactics and use practical effects i think people would be like oh my god like this is this is what we've been waiting for. We don't want all that other stuff. We want yeah, what I it mean, used to be like. It's, it is it it is a hard thing to do in a way because it's hard to even just capture the feel, the look, because now everything is digital. People are shooting on digital. They're not shooting fucking film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're going to have all these different, well, this is the proper procedure for doing this kind of thing. Right. Instead of, we're just doing what we think is going to be cool <laughs> and it's and well, it works out. so can i can yeah, i su- suggest something else which is that i think that we actually might need to pull back a bit from the splatter horror that we gore that we have now and go back to more like this like kind of cartoonish go like horror gore because like some of the stuff now is just like this looks ridiculous. <laughs> How do you mean? Well, sometimes it's like if you've like digital or something like that. Oh, I see. You, you just mean, yeah, like a CG bloods. Or yeah, but you, I think that you have to be honest with your audience and being like, this is what we're doing. We're doing this like practical thing. Yeah. I feel like when it's practical, you're allowed to oh, yeah, the- go more cartoonish than right, when right. when you're doing digital digital uh gore always looks fucking stupid i don't know if i'd say always All, but, sorry, but you know what I mean. but often yeah um and it's just it always stands out to me as being digital even if it's done really well i'm like okay it's done well but i'm still seeing this i was gonna bring up the fact that like Something you might not be able to get away with now is uh, back then, this was, they were in Detroit, right? So there was no unions, like film unions and stuff. Well, they shot in Tennessee. They shot in Tennessee, but they were able to get away with a lot of stuff and not have to deal with the bullshit of unions. Some movies, from what I understand, still do that. And I think one, oh, okay. I think yeah. one of the actresses in this, uh, I think Betsy Baker, uh, 
credited herself differently, or maybe it was Teresa Tilly. Uh, one of them credited themselves differently because to avoid getting in trouble with the uh, the actors' union. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I think you could get around it if, we, like, say we decide to make this movie mm-hmm. with just a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, we, just a bunch of people. Sure, we could get around it, but like, yeah, no, you're probably right. Like, if you wanted to, probably break in, but there's certain unions that wouldn't allow don't allow certain things yeah because like i watched an interview with sam Raimi about about filming this and he's like the unions in detroit aren't quite as uh as far as i know i've only made it one non-union picture but they aren't as intense or powerful and they won't uh, slash your tires or they won't uh do any horrible things or make you act or have men on your sets because it's just not that strongly organized. So as an independent, it's easier to sneak through their net, to make a picture. It allows them to kill like a lot of deer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's just stuff you wouldn't be able to do now. You wouldn't be able to get away with this um, is, safety yeah. regulation wise. Like I think also, most of them got sick while they were shooting this because yeah. it was so cold. It's and, forty fucking years ago, like. And this is like straight guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. So yeah. like, kudos to them. Like, Sam Raimi is a god. <laughs> like he, he pulled it off, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there, obviously there are positive and ne- positives and negatives to this kind of thing, where people can get hurt, people can not be, you know, not in safe situations. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we got this magical thing delivered to us. So it's hard. It's a very hard thing to weigh. Obviously, you don't yeah. want people to get hurt. Right. And things and things. At the end of the day, Sam Raimi inflicted far less damage to his actors than like anything Hitchcock did. Right to his <laughs> right like to the psyches. Yeah, like, of like the Hitch- people that he worked. Hitchcock destroyed people's lives for a scene. Right. <laughs> Like Sam Raimi oh, just man, like what a scene. What a scene. <laughs> Sam Raimi just made some, some people got yeah. a cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh Bruce Campbell got some teeth knocked out and he broke some ribs because that final shot when the demon is charging through the cabin and knocking the doors down yeah. right. was Bruce Campbell on a motorcycle with a camera on there yeah. <laughs> and so apparently he broke, so he broke played, some ribs. Oh, okay. So he played two seasons of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I'd give up. I'd give up teeth and some ribs for two oh, seasons shit. of hockey. Oh, and I don't think it was something that he wasn't willing to do, or even that he was complaining about. He was just relating that this is what happens. Yeah, yeah and I think that earlier we talked about the goodwill that we have towards Bruce Campbell, and I think that a lot of what the, that will uh, we give him uh, passes on to Sam Raimi, um, just through them being friends and the fact that like it almost feels like. Bruce is like, he's like, no, Sam's good. He's a good guy. I mean, this I don't know. Him, is Sam Raimi a bad guy? This got him. This got him. Not that I've heard three ep, three movie, three uh, Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess in the same way that uh, Dead Alive got Peter Jackson the Lord of the Rings movies. These horror guys, yeah. man, they fucking rule. <laughs> Yeah, you well, know because they went out and showed that they could do something without any assistance. Who do you so, hear? So is then a you're piece like, oh, okay, shit. we know this person can is capable of. Being. Yeah. Other than fucking what's his name, uh, Eli Roth. Is Other than Eli Roth, he's supposed to be a piece of shit. That guy sucks. 
<laughs> okay, that's a, those other, are two different things. Other than, <laughs> okay. other than I'm saying, what I'm saying is like you don't hear a lot of shit for about about horror movie guys. You know, they do a pretty good job. I don't know. Dustin would know I'm more. I'm sure there's... Yeah, I mean, well, there's, well let's not get into the Italians. <laughs> I'm sure well, uh, they don't count. I'm talking about Americans here. Like as people, they don't uh, count? Or? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what's your guys' favorite scene? Ah, uh, man. I really do like the end when he's fighting with the last two demons, trying to throw the Necronomicon in the fire. Once he accomplishes that, the the melting process, this like uh, uh, stop motion kind of gore. Yeah, it's you know obviously it's very amateurish compared to what we'd see now, but it's it's gross. It's so gross, and yeah. there's like all this goop and fucking bugs and shit. It looks like a bunch of vomit and guts <laughs> mixed together. Or something. Yeah, if I was gonna pick a scene, I'd have to pick the same one. Like I'm hoping you pick something different because <laughs> I I like I think that scene is so much fun and that's the thing about this movie is it is so much fun to watch which makes the second movie even better <laughs> like yeah just yeah. everything gets taken up taken up in like a whole other yeah. level right well there's a couple scenes uh, I want to kind of like bring up I mean I do like where the the demon or whatever it is is like chasing him through the house yeah and he's like closing everything how they're able to do that so quickly and not just completely run into a wall or something is I think pretty amazing that the camera can do that and that Bruce Campbell can do that (laughs) at the same time. Uh, Also, I don't know anything involving like just so much guts and blood (laughs) just being spewed all over Bruce Campbell is just like like, he cuts off uh, Linda's head and then she like lands on him and blood just like, yeah, just, I just love it. Like any time a movie can make me just go like, oh, like that's that's a lot. <laughs> it's just it's great. Oh, that's a lot for you, Gorehor. That's another one you get. Gorehor. <laughs> yeah, you get that shot with the uh, the blood oozing over the lens and stuff in, in this too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and I then, remember thinking about that actually during the while watching it. Is that is a thing that has been done. It's been done, overdone in some things, but like when things hit the like when you feel like it's like actually mm-hmm. right in front of you, yeah, that is a great. When it's done well, is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it feels like it's just like right on the screen, it's oozing on your own face or something. Yeah, <laughs> James is like, oh, yeah, give me more, daddy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's you, okay. man. That's, that's, you. A, that's a lot to that's unpack right somebody. there. That's what you... Oh, so, let, let, I want me, more of that, I'm and go, I'm also saying daddy. I'm going to go back to so, the, the text you sent me that two nights ago, and it was... Right. It, give me... Uh, give, my phone was hacked. It said, give me... <laughs> you said... Love, I said to you, give me more daddy. Yeah, you said, love this, love this scene, blood on screen, give me more daddy. It was really weird. That's weird, James. I don't know. That's weird, man. That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> I believe. I you're believe fucked it. up. You're I love this scene. Blood on screen. Yeah, I'm yeah, about to cream. Oh whoa, yeah. Whoa. Oh okay. All right. right all right. Ass. All right. You wrote a little. Uh, wrote a little poem. poetry. Yeah. Poetry. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Man, this fucking guy. <laughs> does, uh, <laughs> does he ever? Does he ever like disappoint you? Oh no. Every no. time no. he's coming out. That's why I'm the house cat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
that house cat business going. Anyways, uh, there was also, there's like a throwback to um, the Three Stooges. What do you know about plumbing? Nothing. That's fine. Give me a hand. With uh, the plumbing and the the light bulb filling with blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that something from... Uh... Yeah, it's from... I, I, I wasn't a Three Stooges guy, and, and still... This is this... More, more Abbott Costello. Yeah, Abbott Costello a bit better. Uh, but there's like a plumbing movie or the okay. scene or it's whatever. A gag that they the did. Three Stooges yeah. fix your fucking yeah the the toilet. porno the porno they fix your toilet and fuck your wife <laughs> you cocked that bitch. is a funny one that's what they said I'm pretty sure it's that called is the a three stooges fix your plumbing and fuck your and wife fuck your wife you cocked a bitch. Oh, man. That is a, yeah, that's a, a title. That's yeah. that's quite a title, actually. Um, <laughs> well, can you imagine? Anyway, yeah. So that scene. Because <laughs> he goes down into the cellar and right. there's like blood. Well, he opens that like pipe and like, the pipe tons of blood bursts and, all over him. Uh, just... and there's like a little pack of Band-Aids floating in the, oh, in the puddle. <laughs> so gross. You want to know is really gross is at the end, uh, I forget what character is, but it's uh, Sam Raimi's brother is actually in the suit. Oh, yeah. And the suit was so hot that he would sweat so much. And there's actually, you you can see it in the scene where the stuff oozes out of the ear and that's actually his sweat. <laughs> oh, my God. That's even grosser than the movie I already know. Was. I don't... <laughs> like, knowing that that's, like, his real sweat, and it's... <laughs> that was disgusting. Yeah, it's... It just got uh, me definitely harder. Uh, <laughs> James is just like... Like, oh, I, I did understand I could go past Diamond. <laughs> Uh, yeah. James is like, adds a little something, something. James is rocking a black diamond. So I would say favorite scene would be just like straight on, all, just all of gore. the gore. The just whole, all, all of the gore. gore. <laughs> all of the gore. Love well, it. Well, should we rate the, do like a super cut right here? Should yeah. we rate the movie? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure there's that much else to talk about. I mean, I'm sure we could get into stuff, but. I mean, we really didn't very, go it's, through no, the movie. No, we didn't go through the plot. But no, but, but every, everyone has seen this movie, and it's a it's a very basic setup. Uh, the plot isn't very complicated, but it's just it totally works for what this is. They repeat it in the second movie, and it works again. So yeah, um, it works even more in the second one. I think Sec- so. I mean, the second movie is obviously I like it more. It's funner. It's, yeah. It's more fun. It's more dynamic. They had more money to spend on the on the gore, but I think this is a real classic, and I think I, it's awesome in its own right. I think also just because of uh, the sort of trail that it blazed, um, and the fact that they were making something this splattery back in 1981. Um, even though there was other stuff, but it it wasn't really easy to come by at the time with the MPA cutting the shit out of like. I've brought it up before. Like the, I always use the example of the Friday the Thirteenth movies because, like, virtually every kill in those movies through the eighties was cut so down. They had to trim them down to get an R rating, right? Over and over again, and they really and you now you watch them and it's like they're so tame comparatively. Yeah. Um, they're fun, but like it's fucking bitches. every time you're like, man, 
and and you watch that like I've now you've I've just picked up the Scream Factory uh, box set of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, and like you can go on there and watch the special features, and they'll be like, "Here's the extended deaths that were cut," and it's like they barely cut it. It's like a few more seconds of each shot, or usually right. or something. So it's not like there's a few that are definitely more gory, but for the most part, it's like fucking MPAA ruined so, so much shit. Well, pisses me off. So it brings up an interesting question because, like, I mean, nowadays, if you made a movie that was this gory or like gorier, let's say, like, would you even care about a rating? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, especially right now, we're in this weird transitional period about movie theaters and whether or not they're going to continue to be a thing. Um, but I mean, obviously, people are putting out a lot of movies now where they are going full throttle with gore. We watched VFW. Yeah, not too long ago, Mandy. Whatever. You, there's a lot of examples now of modern horror where they they're like, no, let's go all the way with the gore, which is great. But and it doesn't seem to. It's not affecting like. Like uh, I guess filmmakers now they don't have to worry so much about. Okay, is this? Am I gonna have to pull this back? Yeah, I don't even know like what it takes to get, an NC-17 or an X these days, and, and a lot of things get released straight to video on demand or well, yeah, shutter or whatever and it's like who gives a shit what the rating is right <laughs> like so in case i was picked up by the uh the audio i came back from the bathroom in case you have to edit this in sorry james doesn't go ahead john's bathroom breaks brought to you by well that's why he's the the faucet stamps oh i'm the faucet oh the fa- he's the leaky faucet <laughs> That guy won't drip, shut. Drip, drip. He won't. Oh man! I don't have the. Oh man! No. And the leaky faucet. No. I don't have syphilis, guys. <laughs> uh, well, let's rate the movie. Um, All right. Brought to us by the fans. By the fans. Singular. <laughs> the fans. I don't think that's how fans. That's not how it works. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Kate. Uh, my reaction is a nine, and my overall score is an eight point two. My reaction's a eight, overall seven point four. I think that I have the advantage of watching the second one and the show and all that, so it's like, oh, I like those better. Oh yeah, yeah. kind of well, thing. Well, yeah, I'm I'm eight and seven point six. Um, it's a solid fucking movie. I think that to me. There are people who prefer it just because because it's serious. Yeah, I I don't fall in line with them because I think everything's kind of like a joke. Like nothing actually means anything. So the fact that he made the second one kind of implies that like he I don't know, he he knows exactly what he's doing. Sam Raimi, we should give credit to him knows exactly what he's doing at every step through what we what I would consider the entire um uh evil dead army of darkness universe. Yeah, I mean I f- you can f- even watching this movie you can feel uh a painstaking process in terms of getting the shots that he wants. Like even something as simple as Bruce Campbell giving his girlfriend a necklace on the couch, the mm-hmm. shots, the back and forth, the close-ups on the faces, all this stuff like uh 
you have the creepy music, but it's like he's just playing this joke on her where he's pretending to be asleep. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, and what I mean, yeah, exactly. What I mean by that is that, like, he knows exactly what he's doing in this film, whether he made mistakes, which that's him to talk about, but also the fact that he made Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. which he made that for a reason. Yeah, well, I don't. I think they didn't. They didn't plan on making sequels at first, but then I don't know. I mean, the first one did really well for what for the size of movie that it was. Part of that was because Stephen King said they screened it for him, and he's like he did publicity saying it was really great. Oh. And so then tons of people went to see it. Like, but then he also like leaned into making the Evil Dead too. Uh, oh yeah. Which I mean, what, what I'm saying is that like he knew what he was doing at that point, which through his career like to the stratosphere almost and then making army of darkness and then and then he kept going like yeah he kept going dark man i think something like dark man would have led been more responsible maybe for leading to get him getting to make something like spider-man i would feel like dark man would have put his career back (laughs) i just mean in terms of shooting a superhero i'm just saying that like like that sam raimi was it, it seems destined to to do great things. Um, he's an incredibly talented filmmaker. Um, no no yeah, one can take I that away from him. I think you can see that right from the... I can't the help, go. though, like, watching this and listening to, like, join us, join us, mm-hmm. and thinking of the musical. Oh, yeah, right. It's like, join us, Ash. Why don't you just accept your fate and join us, Ashley? Join <laughs> us! Don't you want to join the crew? You'll be dead and evil, too. I haven't seen it. I, I should probably. I mean, if ever if ever we're allowed to do something like that again, yeah, should, yeah, I exactly. See it. Um, yeah. So I mean, if this was a movie that was going to be on our list, I personally don't think it should be. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. This would be uh, seven point seven, which is tied for twenty fifth with First Blood. Oh yeah. So if you were gonna put it ahead of First Blood or behind First Blood, what would you do? Like just in a list or in an action list? In a list. I'd probably put this ahead of First Blood. Um, that's a tough choice. The First Blood is a very good movie. It is a very good movie. It, I'm gonna have the same argument. I uh, I think that we all make whenever one of us brings up the list and we see the movies ahead and behind it. The fact that uh, Hot Fuzz is behind First Blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense to me. Destroys me. <laughs> it makes sense to me too. Yeah. Not that Hot Fuzz isn't um, great. It is great. It is great. Movie. I'd put this ahead of Hot Fuzz. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> not ahead of Hot Fuzz. I put this ahead of First Blood. Yeah, I don't know. That is that's a very tough choice. I, I it's I, a, it's I a, have to flip a coin. I think almost. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love this movie. I think it's. I, I rated it higher than either of you. I think it's great, but. First Blood is very well done. I mean, I don't know. That's that's. It has. I mean, it, it just depends what you're in the mood for. Because I prefer it's really Final comparing Blood. Th- Final Blood. We're really comparing like things that are so of different. Of course, we're, it's, like, I mean, it's just a fun it's hard thing. To, uh, yeah, yeah. Someone said, "Are we going to make another list now?" Since the oh, right, thing didn't right, make it the to thing, the list, the thing didn't make it on the list. So and are we gonna create, like, are we going to create a second list? What would that <laughs> list be? Movies that we did but didn't make the regular list? I don't know. Well, I mean, the thing's now the highest rated film we've ever done. 
Right. Just it's just not on the, our list. <laughs> and I mean, to be honest, seven point seven is it's, it's incredibly respect, it's high. high yeah. I mean, it's in our top. I it's mean, in our top like like seventeen percent. Yeah. I mean, it's not. This isn't a list movie podcast. It's mm. an action movie podcast. So. <laughs> We're just doing lists. Now we change We're the list podcast. List, list. We're called the list. List list. We are the list. <laughs> well, speaking of Rambo, now you guys just got Rambo on my mind. So uh, no. we're going to do the don't. La- next the, week. Please don't. Please. The please, newest please, one. Please don't pick Rambo. Yes. Dustin. Yes. Pick don't, it. Don't I want to watch it. I haven't watched it. We're doing Rambo Last Blood. <laughs> <laughs> is that the newest one? Yes. yes. I, hate, I hate you so much. Ah. <laughs> I'm getting different feelings. Yes. Here. No. I, it's table. gonna be so good. I'm not watching some fascist. You're watching it. Just <laughs> shoot his way through. Like you can talk uh, whatever trash you want about it. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be great. I mean, I assume we're all gonna end up talking trash about it. But I mean, you don't have to watch the other Rambo's to watch this one. Oh, really? Right. I know I, you were going to go do that. I you will have to watch them when we do them for the show. I, later. Don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to see his character arc. No. Because <laughs> it seems pretty crazy to me that he goes from the Rambo he is in Rambo 1. Is what you're saying is that you'd rather go back and do Rambo First Blood Part 2 first? Ever. That's because the thing about Rambo is Rambo 1. Rambo first do blood. what Rambo do. Yeah, first Blood, it was like a fork in the road. Okay. And he decided to lean in hard. But he didn't. In the first movie, he's like yeah. pretty lefty. I- exactly. And after that, uh uh-uh. But the, after what he went through. After the, what he went the through. Reactions. The fascist cops make him become more of a fascist. Yeah, because the military guy. <laughs> so we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. Thank you guys, so much for listening to episode 150 of Action Action Podcast. Please check us out on Apple Music on Spotify, on James, where else are we? Stitcher. Stitcher. <laughs> Premium. Are we on Stitcher? I don't yeah, know. we are. <laughs> oh. Uh, get us get us wherever you guys can get T- us. Tune in. Uh, iHeartRadio is a big one. We're on iHeartRadio? We should be. iHeartRadio? We should be. I, I, I signed us up for it. I don't know. I don't know. We're out there. We're, we're we're available. We're in the sphere. We're in the sphere. We're in the in the in the music podcast thing. Uh, but uh, look for us on Instagram at Action Action Podcast and on Letterbox. Letterbox. James is keeping that up to date. I want to thank Jeremy K. David for our uh, our, our theme song, and we'll see you next week. Let's go, guys.